Hey, and welcome to the Braveheart Talks podcast, where we will be discussing some meaningful and insightful topics into the life of everyday women. You know, one of the greatest lies we allow ourselves to believe is, it's only me. No one else thinks like this, and no one else struggles with this. But the truth of the matter is, no matter what age, stage or life placement you find yourself in, women are women and we are complex creatures navigating life through a torrent of emotions, hormones and relationships. My prayer is that during these conversations, we help your life get a little better and you get a little better at life. My name is Emma Bryant and who knows, by the end of this podcast, we may be new best friends. Hey girls, you tune in to Brave Heart Talks, our midday Monday podcast that comes to you every two weeks. Welcome if it's the first time you've tuned in. Hey, we've been doing these since the start of 2023, so you've got some to catch up on after this episode, but we hope you enjoy this with us. Sit back, get a cup of tea, and tune in with this conversation. I'm Megan, and I'm joined today with Pastor Emma Bryant. Hey, Em. Hey, Meg. Are you are good? You? I'm good. It's April. It's April. The time is ticking. Time it's is going. Coming. We're near Braveheart Conference already in May. <laughs> it's so close. It's so it close. Is. It is. But you know what I'm loving already? The lighter evenings, blue sky, sunshine. Makes Summer you feel better. is coming. It is. Us northerners have to deal with a lot of rain <laughs> most year. Yep, and we do. Grey skies. We do. But we it's do. good. Summer is coming though. It is. That in days ahead. But today we're gonna we're gonna go a bit different today. Normally we have a topic and we will talk all things about that topic, but we're actually gonna talk all about a scripture in the Bible today. And it's found in Proverbs 31. Ooh. And if girls have been in church long enough, they're like, yep, I've heard of Proverbs 31. It's thrown around, especially around women. If you haven't heard it before, what I'd suggest is go pause this now, go read it, find it on the Bible app, put it in on Google, have a little read first, so you know what we're going to dive into. But I'm excited because you're going to break this down, Emma, in more of a modern day, sort of what does Proverbs 31 look like? So to start with, tell us a little bit about this scripture as a whole, like what's the purpose of Proverbs 31 in the Bible? Yeah, well, Proverbs 31, I just used to look at it and think, I hate that woman. Like, <laughs> I've grown up in church, I've grown up knowing this scripture, and I just used to, it used to depress me, because I think I could never be that, I can never live up, like, what what is she, like, the bionic woman? <laughs> you know, it was like I wanted to spit every time I read Proverbs 31. <laughs> but actually, it is not about a woman. It's actually a scripture that's all about wisdom, but it is particularly talking into the characteristics okay. of women. So within there, there is a lot of metaphors um, that we can draw from for, for our life. But you know, the really interesting thing is that this proverb was not written for women. It was written for men. Okay. It was written for men and it was actually, um, it was written for King Lemuel and it was written by his mother and his mother gave it to him. Wow. And we're not sure who King Lemuel is. We'd, we've never seen or heard of this king before this, um, before this proverb, but 
Some of the Bible scholars think it may even be uh, be Solomon. It yes. may even be like a pet name that his mum had for him. Yeah. It may be, it may not be. If it is King Solomon, it's really fascinating because then it's Bathsheba who wrote it. Okay. And so it is written for men. And basically she's saying to him, hey, listen, these are the characteristics you need to look for in a woman. Don't just go out and hang around any woman. Don't just go out and find a woman. But this is, if you're looking for a wife, this is the characteristic. So I just want to encourage anyone yeah. who's listening, this is not just for the married today. You know, you don't become a wife the day you get married. You yeah. become wife material long before like even that. you've met the guy. Yeah. And so this is applicable to all of us. But the other fascinating thing about this scripture is because she wanted him to remember it, it was so important. She wrote it like an acrostic. So the whole poem is written and it starts with the, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet and then the next verse is the next letter wow, of the Hebrew alphabet. That. And that, that's how it is written. And Jewish men actually learn it and memorize it so they can use it as words of empowerment and praise to okay. their wives or their daughters yeah. or sisters. I was thinking using or, it as a checklist, like yeah. a, who am I looking for? <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, Meg, that's what our husbands would use it for. <laughs> the Jewish men use it for praise okay, to the women. Like Ours it. would use it maybe as a checklist. What you're not doing. <laughs> <laughs> not quite living oh, up. So yeah, that's a bit of interesting facts there about Proverbs. Yeah, and we're going to take some, you said that it's, it's full of metaphors and it really is. Yeah. And we're going to take some of the scripture and I'm going to just read it out and let's just talk about it and what that actually means now. So the first metaphor that I find is in verse 14 and it says, she is like a merchant ship bringing food from afar. Now I have no idea anything about merchant ships to speak on this. <laughs> what does this mean? It's not very, no. it doesn't sound very complimentary, <laughs> no. that, does it? Hey love, you're like a merchant ship. I'm just like, <laughs> your eyes are so blue and so pretty and you're <laughs> like a merchant ship doesn't sound very no. flattering but actually the very start of the scripture talks about she's a woman of, of virtue or valor and valor is strength and bravery so the very beginning it sets us up to tell us that she is a woman of valor and bravery and I just want to say to any woman out there whatever it is you do in your life whether you are a doctor or a nurse or or you know a carer or a cleaner or a stay-at-home mom or you are at university do it with valor mm. do it with strength and bravery and so this is what this woman is like so when it says that she is like a merchant ship and it goes on to say bringing food from afar I do kind of like I, I, I like the metaphor in this because a merchant ship is a huge, huge cargo ship. You know, those great big cargo ships that yeah. carry freight and they carry heavy goods. And that's how this a woman of virtue is being described. She's not being described like a yacht. Because <laughs> a yacht a is a, yeah, a rowing boat. <laughs> a yacht looks the part, doesn't it? A yacht's yeah. all shiny on the outside. But she's not being described as, you know, a, a rowing boat, like you said, that can carry two or three people. Yeah, that's great. She's not being described as a speedboat, someone that just roars into action, looks all snazzy and jazzy, great for the party, great for the 
fun, but can't carry anything. You mm. couldn't put anything of any substantial weight wow. on a speedboat. Yeah. Neither could you put it on a canoe. Might be very slender and very slim. Can't carry any weight. I love the fact that it says she's not a cruise ship. Yeah. You know, where people on board for entertainment. Okay. Yeah. Have a good time. They're just going from here to there and using the boat as the vessel to get to here to there. This happens in life and you can yeah. you can just apply this however you like, but you can draw so many analogies from it. And I think so many girls sell themselves short, mm -hmm. like you become so many other types of boats or vessels. Yeah. But here the Bible says that a woman of valor or virtue, she's like a merchant ship because the merchant ship, is one that the journey takes a long time. She can't get to where she's going in a hurry because she's carrying much weight. And throughout life, we're going to have to carry much. Yeah. We start off as single girls and then we begin to balance home life and careers and then relationships, husbands and children's or jobs. And then we begin to take on more and we have responsibilities in our church and we have responsibilities in our friendships. And you don't just deal with your emotion and your husband's emotions and your kids' emotions. You onboard all your girlfriend's emotions yeah, as well. And so we have a lot that we have to carry. And I love that what she does is she goes um, afar and it says that she goes afar to find food and bring back you know you she's not looking for what's convenient mm. she's searching for what is best for her household and her family and I love that because you know we can all do what is convenient what is quick what's everybody else doing yeah where's everybody else going what what's everybody else doing in their marriage What's everybody else letting their kids do? I'm just going to do the same as everybody else. But she doesn't. And the Bible actually says to us that we are to seek out wisdom. And for me, this is a picture of what that looks yeah. like. Wow. I'm not going to be in a hurry to make a decision. I'm going to go and find some wisdom yeah. on how I raise this child. I'm going to find some wisdom elsewhere some godly wisdom and bring it back into my marriage I'm not going to just look over the neighbor's fence and see what they're doing mm -hmm. in their relationship and so yeah we can read that and just be like merchant ship what on earth are they talking about yeah but actually that's what they're talking about being a strong steadfast wow. woman so that paces herself slowly but learns to carry yeah. much weight along the journey I think we can stop there Em you've said it all that was amazing <laughs> The scripture moves on in verse 15 to 18. It says this, says she gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it with her earnings. She plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. So many things there, Emma. So what are some of the characteristics that stand out to you and how can we adapt some of these into our lives? Yeah, I think... I think if you were to read this literal, you, this is where you turn yourself off. Like, honestly, yeah. I think <laughs> what time if is I got before, before dawn, dawn to, prepare, bre to prepare. prepare breakfast, I think my family would pass out <laughs> with sheer shock. Um, but actually what I see here is that she gets up to prepare early. Like, to me, this speaks about prayer. Yeah. Like, I don't get up early to prepare breakfast. I'm just like, you can all sort yourself out. Mm -hmm. But I am a woman who gets up early to pray. Yeah. And I pray over my household and I pray 
over my family and I pray about the day that is to come because I don't know what's in today, but God already does. So I'm going to pray that I walk in step with him, not just on special occasions, not just on Sundays, but every single day of my life, my prayer is, God, let me walk in step with you today because I know that when I'm walking in step with God, then I'm prepared for whatever may come. And so when it's saying that she gets up early and she prepares breakfast for her household, it's like breakfast is food. And the Bible talks about the word of God being food to our soul. So I'm preparing food for my family, but just spiritually speaking, not practically speaking. And it goes on to say, (laughs) after that, after her prayer life, she gets up (laughs) and she goes and inspects a field and buys it. I mean, that is one confident woman. Like she's just being able to go out, make a decision and buy a field that she thought was profitable for planting a vineyard in it. I mean, like mind blowing, Mm -hmm. you know, so many of us, we can't make a decision on, you know, the type of toilet paper we need to buy (laughs) or, you know, the color of a certain thing. we, We find it so hard to make decisions. And yet here we see a woman of absolute confidence. Mm -hmm. She just went out and spent a fortune. She bought a field and she saw it was profitable. And, um, but, but this is what I see is that when you set your day up right and you get up early and you seek the Lord first, you move with confidence. Yeah. Like she's able to go out and make decisions. She's not wavering. She's not sending three texts to her husband going, well, what do you think? <laughs> and what do you think about this? She's like, no, I know how much money's in the bank. I know what we need for our future. I know this is a good investment and I'm going to make it. And I also think that's really, you know, setting women up strong in the business yeah, world. Because some women give themselves a hard time, I think, when they're in business because they're like, you know, oh, to be a godly woman, I need to be staying at home and, you know, shining his shoes while he's at work (laughs) and making a lasagna. I'm like, well, no, actually, because if God's given you a head on your shoulder for business, whatever that is, then you should pursue that and you should pursue it with confidence. Because it says that she's energetic. So she goes about it passionately. She's not Mm -hmm. lethargic. She's energetic. And she's a strong, she's a strong, hard worker. I'm actually reading this scripture off my Mac and I've misprinted it. What have you put? I've put she's a head worker. (laughs) (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) Well, you do not want to be a head worker. A head worker is a a woman who who plays manipulative games with (laughs) with someone's mind. You do not want to be a head worker, but you do want to be a hard worker. And she makes sure that her dealings are profitable. In other words, she's made an investment to which she knows she's going to, she's going to get a good return. And so I just think, you know what, we've got brains on our shoulders, girls, put your day out before God and let him be a part of your family life, but let him be a part of your business decisions as well. 
Yeah. And I can see, Emma, why you don't like this girl, because <laughs> we found out that she gets up early, but the next scripture says that her lamp burns late into the night. So does that mean she doesn't sleep? Like, are we early risers, late sleepers? Yeah, like, that's that? It. that is. That was always how I perceived it. I was like, what? She's up before dawn. Does she have and naps? Her, her, her lamp burns into the night. Is she completely nocturnal? Um, actually, it's just talking about her work ethic. Yeah. It's talking about her work ethic. You know, when we read scripture, the word of God is a lamp unto our feet. And what it's saying is that she just doesn't turn her lamp off. She's like, you know what? If if my lamp is burning, then I have got sight to be able to see where I need to walk next, what I need to do next. You know, if she does sit down to take a nap, Mm -hmm. if she does lie down, but her lamp is still lit, it means when she gets up, because we're thinking like we live in modern day, right? We've got gas, yeah. electricity. We just, I just come down of, of, in the night and I just flick a switch on and yeah. I can see what I need to see. But but if this woman needs to go up to tend to her children or this woman get, needs to get up to stoke a fire or see to a situation, then it's going to take her time to relight her lamp. Mm-hmm. And what it's saying is that she lives life ready. Basically, yeah. she does rest, but she lives life ready. So she doesn't ever let the oil of a lamp go out. And so that we can apply that to our life and be like, well, if the word of God is a lamp unto my feet, right, then then I need to be ready in season and out of season. I need to know what God's speaking to my life all the time, not just when I've got a crisis on my hand, not just when I've got a big decision to make, but like I'm not going to let my lamp go out. I need to know, be reading the word of God you know, on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, every day, every situation is important. And um, so, yeah, I really think it's talking about her work ethic. And as a metaphor to us, it's talking really about the way that we handle and and absorb the word of God um, and the importance of that. That's great. It goes on in verse 21, it says that she has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. So from this then, what does, you know, her, she had a winter season. What does the winter season look like in our lives? And how can we make provision for it? Because she had provision for that season. Okay, so just prior to it saying that, it talks about her um, busy spinning threads and how her fingers are busy twisting fibers. And so, you know, no Primark, (laughs) no Zara, like couldn't just nip down into L1 and just purchase whatever she wanted. Like this woman made her clothes for her family from scratch, not even a sewing machine. They would have like a a loom, um, like a bobbin and a thread and they would... They would literally make the fibers to make the clothes. And um, and so she's making provision for her family because she knows the winter is coming. So prior to the winter, it prior to the winter is the autumn months when the the, the summer's gone and the nights start to draw in. Mm-hmm. So she's busy in that season when she's making her threads and she's spinning her yarn and she's starting to prepare clothes for her children and her husband. And and then what happens is when the winter season comes, they're all clothed, she's not worried about them. A winter season in our life looks like um, a dark season. Winter is barren. Winter is cold. 
winter is fruitless. Mm. It's when you hit a season in your life where you just feel barren, broken, destitute, fearful, whatever negative connotation you want to apply to that. You get the picture of this barren season and we all go through barren seasons, right, Meg? Like when things do not turn out the way we expected, when the unexpected happens, Mm -hmm. when we hit a problem or when the pressure is put on. These are our winter seasons. But this is what she's saying. She's saying, like, I don't worry about my family getting cold because I know that I've clothed them well. In other words, yes, it is cold outside, right? But I don't have to worry about them because I know they're warm. Mm. So though the elements are still wintry, her family are protected from the elements. If we were to flip that and look at it spiritually speaking, then what we're actually saying here is like, I don't have to worry about my family because I know that I've clothed them in prayer. But I don't wait for a crisis to hit my family before I start to pray. I'm praying for them every single day. So in the good seasons, while they're all thriving, while our marriage is great, the kids are doing well, work is good. Like in the good season, I'm still praying Psalm 91 over them. I'm still quoting the word of God. I'm still thanking God for his protection. I'm still thanking God that the blood of Jesus covers my family. That means when a crisis hits and, you know, the bigger your family gets, the more opportunity there is for blessing, but the more opportunity there is for problem as well. And then the older your kids get, they're making their own decisions. So at different times, different ones go through different issues and problems. Mm -hmm. And doesn't matter how old they get as a mom, you never stop feeling that. But I think the point that I'm making here is though they go through it's like it takes, the sting has been taken out of it. Though they go through, you're not freaking out. Yeah, I love that. Because you're not scared for them. Yeah. Because you know that God has got them because you've already clothed them in prayer. Love that. And so it's just a really important lesson to learn, whether you're praying over kids, whether you're praying over your marriage, or even just over your own life. Yeah. Keep yourself clothed. Mm -hmm. Get your clothes prepared and made when the weather is great, ready for the winter season. Because we know how cycles work, right? And the winter's always coming. Mm -hmm. The summer's coming. The autumn's coming. The winter's coming round again. And so stay prepared all the time because then you don't have to ride on the emotion of fear and feel the effects of the problem, right? Because you're clothed in prayer. I love that. So, yeah. Beautiful. It's great great And talking about clothing there, the next scripture is probably one of the most known from this this passage is in verse 25. It says, She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. Most girls have this in their bathroom somewhere, don't they? On a poster (laughs) or something around the house. (laughs) So let's talk about this idea of being clothed with strength and dignity. Yeah. What what a great... um, what a great concept that is and what a, I'm, I'm stumbling for words because I'm thinking about what a lost description of womanhood mm. that is yeah, in our day true. and age. 
sad, right? Yeah. We clothe ourselves in an awful lot, Mm -hmm. but it's not usually strength and dignity. And, And I think... You know, if you if we were to break that down, we we can misconstrued what we actually think strength and dignity is. Mm-hmm. So some people interpret strength in a woman as being, you know, um, miss independent, true. like some strong spinster, like some boss girl, real, all that. <laughs> yeah, you know, like women's rights and da yeah. da da. And there's a time and a place for, for everything, I believe. Yeah. But it's not actually talking about, I don't need a man, I'm a strong woman, mm-hmm. I can get under the car bonnet myself. <laughs> Good on I you if you can. I will not be doing that, yeah. <laughs> Good on you if you can, but that's not actually what it's talking about strength here it's talking about the resilience it's talking about actually the strength of the merchant ship it's talking about actually she's able to carry much she's able to carry problems and situations and adversity and she's able to carry it without breaking under it so that's the strength part and the dignity part well the word dignity means if, if you're a woman of dignity, you're a woman who is worthy of honour and respect. But if you don't know your own, mm-hmm. if you don't have honour and respect for yourself, then you will never come across as a woman who is deserving of it. Wow. Like you have to know it for yourself first. And I think for women, we... Sometimes I think we just crave the affection mm-hmm. and we crave the attention and we crave the love. And so we clothe ourselves with everything on the outside to get that. But that is so short lived. What's going to make a relationship last? What's going to set you up strong for your future is when you're clothed in dignity and, and strength, strength yeah. and dignity. Love it. Uh, be a woman that can carry much, but be a woman who values who you are. Mm-hmm. Know that you're special. Know that you're precious. You know, know that, um, you know, I once heard Joyce Meyer and she was speaking about this very thing and, and she it was talking to uh, to a young girl or about a young girl who'd been on a date and she'd been in the cinema with her boyfriend and her boyfriend had been you know they'd been kissing and cuddling and having a great old you know young adult teenage time (laughs) in the cinema and um and the question was put to this young girl is this guy going to be your husband to which she replied heck no (laughs) we're just having fun yeah And then it was asked, well, how do you think your future husband would feel if he could play that moment back and see you in the cinema with that guy? And to which she just stopped and thought about it. And I think the point that was being made is like, hold back, hold on to your dignity, Mm -hmm. hold on to your respect. Don't sell yourself short. Don't go for the quick kiss and the quick fumble and the quick anything it's like it will all come in time but you want to be that with the right one yeah you need to build up relationships and friendships with men that treat you with respect and dignity and anything less I'm like no cut cut your losses cut your losses babe and move (laughs) on like you know 
dignity. You you got to hold yourself in some esteem and say, "I'm precious." the The beginning of this Proverbs thirty one talks about that she's a woman who is. It says, "A virtuous woman who can find she is worth more than precious rubies mm-hmm. or diamonds or pearls or something to that context." Mm-hmm. But basically, she's worth more yeah. than precious stone, and so. You've got to go, I'm, I'm worth something. Yeah, it's I'm true. worth more than this. And so put that dignity on yourself. Love that, Emma. Mm. The next scripture that we'll dive into, it goes on to more about the words us women speak. And I love this because we speak a lot of words in our days, don't mm. we, us girls? Verse 26 says, when she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Hmm. Kindness, there's your key word there. Yeah. Key word. We, she gives instruction with kindness. I think as women, we can often see, like, I, if this might come across wrong, and I do not mean this to, <laughs> to come across wrong. Um, I live in a house full of men and I see what they don't see. That's basically what I'm saying. Like, they climb over the trainers in the hall that they can't see that they're there and they look a mess. And I'm like, put <laughs> them away, everything. they look a mess. And that's a silly analogy, but all through life, we can just see things. And and I've had to learn, I've had to learn this the hard way because because otherwise I get sick of the sound of my own voice and I sound like a sergeant major. Because often we know what to say and we have the right thing to say, but the way that we come across it is yeah, wrong. I true. know that I can say the right thing to my family, but I have the ability to make it sound like nails clawing down a chalkboard in the classroom. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah. like it puts their backs up, it annoys them. When we speak, we need to speak kindness so there's a way that I can tell them all you need to put your shoes away Mm -hmm. but I can be loving and I can be kind when I'm saying it it's not I'm not being mean I'm not having a go and I think we need to bring this back uh, into to our skill set you know kindness is a fruit of the spirit Mm -hmm. so if I'm telling you something that I believe to be true but I'm not saying it in kindness I'm gonna lose friends yeah I'm going to lose the respect of my kids. I'm going to annoy my husband. Mm-hmm. And so kindness is key. And, you know, you and I spend a lot of time together and you know that, that you know, you might like ask my advice or even I come and ask you advice. But, but when you know you want to tell somebody something in truth, the way you say it is massively important. Yeah. So, yeah, kindness I is something that. we need to bring back into our skill set as women communicating with each other Mm -hmm. and communicating with our spouse or our kids, definitely. And especially with those you're most comfortable with because it's so easy to be kind to your girlfriends when you're with them and then go home and it's your husband that then you forget to be kind with and your kids are winding you up that kindness goes out the window. We say it more with criticism than we do with kindness and the same thing, you can say the same thing but you get to choose whether you say it critically or whether you get to say it kindly Mm -hmm. like get those shoes away I'm sick to death of looking at the mess that you lot leave everywhere yeah that's me being critical where me saying hey boys come on do you think we could put the shoes away you know it's just got a different different tone to it love it I might be bubbling on the inside (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind on the out (laughs) but say it with kindness 
Hey, time is ticking. We're going to go to the last scripture we're going to dive into. And it's a very well-known one. And I love it. And it goes like this in verse 30. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. We know that. (laughs) But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Let's end on this topic of what does it look like to fear God? Yeah. Do you think that many people get like misunderstand what it is to fear the Lord? Because we think of it as a loving relationship. God is loving. We are to fear the enemy. But, you know, we shouldn't fear God. So then this idea, it does confuse people. I get confused with it. You know, I have to remind myself, what does it actually mean to To fear fear the Lord? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So first of all, to fear the Lord does not mean to be afraid of the Lord. Mm. It's fear as in reverence. Yeah. That's what it means. If you think of it, if you replace it with the word reverence. So like I love my husband, right? And but if we were to put it into a context of saying I fear Luke, that's not me saying I'm afraid of Luke. What I'm saying is I'm afraid of disappointing Luke. Wow, okay. Do you understand? Yeah. So so I'm saying it like when 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 it says when it talks about the fear of the Lord, the writer is actually saying I'm more afraid of just like I'm so keen yeah. to live life right. I'm so keen to be live a life that's pleasing to God. I'm afraid that I might get it wrong. Mm. That's what it means to live in fear of, like, I am doing everything I diligently can. I so respect God. Mm-hmm. I so need God in my world that that's what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord, when you carry the fear of the Lord, it's it's a conscience that, like, you walk out daily. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to use language like that because I fear the Lord, not because I'm afraid that he's going to strike me down with lightning, but I am afraid that I will disappoint the Lord. And I don't want to do that. I'm sure I do. I'm sure we all do. But I'm trying, I'm walking Mm. in fear of the Lord because I want to live a life that's honoring and pleasing to him. And so... When he's talking about that, the writer, that's really what he's saying. I'm afraid that I might get it wrong. What he's actually saying is, I am trying my best to live a God-honoring life. Love that. Emma, this scripture has come to life today because you brought so much wisdom from that. I'm going to read it again when I finish yeah. it and I'll actually make sense yeah. of all these things like merchant ships yeah. and all sorts. I've only just been able to stop <laughs> spitting when I read it. So yeah, it's, it's a great but I love passage. it. I love that we get to have women in the Bible, you know, things in the Bible that encourage us, inspire us to want to be better. I think yeah. it's always great to want to improve ourselves, be better. You know, we might be listening to this now and thinking, well, I'm far from the mark of this, but girls, yeah. listen again, take some more goals and with God, Everything is possible. Hey, we could all be up early and <laughs> <laughs> not making no, pancakes, not making but pancakes, praying, <laughs> but praying. So thank you, Emma, for your wisdom on this. I've loved it. Thanks, Meg. Girls, we have loved having you with us today. I'm sure you've enjoyed this episode and learned as much as I have in this. Hey, why don't you share it with your friends? Encourage someone in your world. You can access this on Spotify. You can have it on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, so whatever source that you get it on. Why don't you subscribe, share it to someone in your 
world. And we are in April. We are not far away from our Braveheart Conference on May the 26th and 7th. And we would love you there. So if you've got any information, any questions that you need from us, just send us an email at braveheart at liverpoolonechurch.com. We would love to get back to you and we can't wait to see you there. And next time, girls, when we have podcasts, we've got a guest speaker. So we're excited to have that. So tune in in two weeks time. Take care.